Good morning and have a happy Thanksgiving. My name is Calvin Davis and I will be reading the scripture this morning. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Today's reading is from the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Listen for the word of God. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether it is in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God and my jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. By showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You your sons or your daughters, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien residents in the town. For the sixth day the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. We have heard the good news of your grace, O oh God, that you have not come to give us burdens we cannot carry, but that we who are heavy laden, you promise to give us rest. We pray through the human, these human words that your living word might be heard, and you bring us rest, rest deep in our souls, that we might be your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we continue our sermon series on the Ten Commandments, and we are on number four. I know time flies when you're having fun. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days, we're told, for six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is Sabbath to the Lord your God. So you work all week. The work week is Sunday to Friday, but Saturday, the seventh day, that's the Sabbath. Take a rest. Of course, for Christians, the Sabbath eventually became Sunday or the Lord's Day on account of the fact that Jesus was raised on Sunday, but the same idea remains. Six days on, one day off. Now, on one hand, a day, work, a day off uh, of work in the week doesn't seem like much of a big deal for us as North Americans, because over the past century, we in North America have gradually, gradually transitioned into a 40-hour work week, at least for most people, translating to five, eight-hour days. Again, at least for most people. So a single day off may seem like something of a demotion rather than a promotion. Think, though, of 
who Moses presents these commandments to in the first place. The commandments are delivered to God's people following their harrowing escape from Egypt under Pharaoh through plagues and parted waters. The commandments first addressed people who'd literally been owned by other people for 400 years. Back in Egypt, every day was devoted to making bricks for Pharaoh from the time you got up in the morning until the time you lay down at night. It was bricks, 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 dig, 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 build, 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 work, 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 work. There ain't no such thing as a day off for slaves. One day off is a pretty good deal. And it's more than just a day off work, too. The word Sabbath itself means to cease. Cease. To cease. To desist. To stop. You shall not do any work. It continues. You shall not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the resident alien in your towns. So this isn't just a holiday for the king or for the wealthy, the middle class, or government employees. And it's not a day off just for parents. This is a day where everything shuts down and everybody clocks out of a regular work week, ceasing their labors. Even servants of both sexes, even migrants with no rights, no exceptions. So even animals get a rest, right? Give your ox and your chickens a sleep-in day because it's the Sabbath day. So it's a direct contrast. In Egypt, you had no rest, no time to breathe, to regenerate. But you, you are free people. You are God's people. Free people do not have to toil unto death. You also don't have to work anyone else to death either. Servants are included. So are illegal immigrants, cows, and every other barnyard creature. Work itself is necessary and unavoidable, but it's not all there is. God doesn't just bring you out of slavery of one kind to suffer in another. Everybody needs to rest, and everybody can rest on the Sabbath day. So for ancient Israel, the Sabbath was revolutionary. It was incredibly good news for the oppressed and the overworked. It's the promise of rest for exhausted and weary people. It's the promise of rest for exhausted and weary people. Now, like I said, one day off doesn't really impress us very much. But what about the promise of rest. Rest for the weary and the exhausted. A while ago, I read a piece in the New York Times about the shift from working from home, shift to working from home during the pandemic. And many of us have been able to work remotely, although some of us, that is not even a possibility. There were many worries about people working from home not getting as much done, but apparently efficiency actually increased during the pandemic when people were working from home, people got more done. 
At the same time, though, it's led to more burnout and exhaustion, apparently. Whereas before you'd have set days and times to work, you'd have your commute. Now you'll just work whenever. Days bleed into each other. You'll also try to multitask, taking care of kids in a household at the same time. No clear boundaries between work and home life, days on, days off. Maybe you'll work deep into the night to get something done. Couldn't finish that on Friday, so I'll try to sneak it in on Sunday night before the deadline. Plus, thanks to technology, work just comes to you day after day after day all the time. Emails never, ever stop. And you might not actually stop checking on your vacation. Guilty. (laughs) It may be more efficient for the bottom line, but it doesn't lead to a better life. And really, this isn't just a pandemic thing either. It's a parable of modern life. The late Jewish-Polish philosopher Zygmunt Beaumont, you know him, he's a household name around here. No, I just kid. I'm kidding. Zygmunt Beaumont once said that the defining characteristic of modernity or modern life is efficiency. It's efficiency. It's speeding up, he says. And it's not just work, work that we do for money. It is everything. Children's sports, family life, social media, health, exercise. Everything's got to be fit in to your schedule. First it was opening stores on Sundays. Now it's 24-hour e-commerce, Amazon Prime deliveries on Sundays. It's all about getting more and more into less and less and less time. I mean, this is great in a lot of ways. Just take a look at your washer and dryer. It's wonderful. (laughs) Time saver. But the time that we've saved, we haven't filled our free time with rest. We've filled it with tasks and obligations and distractions. And it's made us believe that productivity, producing, doing is the main purpose of our lives, to try to get as much in as possible with as little time as necessary. I know that I personally have trouble relaxing on the couch for a while on Sunday afternoons because I have always this deep sense that I should be getting something done. Oh, I should read that scripture for next week while I'm relaxing here on the couch and try to figure out what I'm going to say next Sunday. And I'm not alone. So many of you have told me that every week, every single week, is a hamster wheel. And you just long to get off of it. We may have limits on how much we have to work for pay, but unlike Israel and Egypt, but we are like them in that we're picking away in our little brickyards 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We may not be literal slaves engaging in excruciating physical labor. Some of us are. But true rest is just as hard to come by, isn't it? No Sabbath, no ceasing. We won't stop because we don't think that we can. Because the world will fall apart if we do. And yet, it's something we desperately need, and God knows that about us. For in 
Six days the Lord made heaven and earth. The scripture continues. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. In the six days God made it all. It says, then on the seventh day, God rested. So here we look back to the account of the creation of the world in the book of Genesis. God creates the world, day, night, moon, stars, sun, dry land, animals, plants, human beings. It's a big job generating a universe. So then on the seventh day, God rests. On the seventh day, God rests. And in resting, God blesses that day, consecrates it, and sets it aside as a special day different from the other six. Now, you don't have to take this literally to get the point. God rested on the seventh day. And of course, God doesn't literally need a break or a nap. God is God. But God isn't scrambling on all cylinders all the time. God isn't frantic. Even when God works, God is at rest. And the point is that if rest is something the all-powerful, omnipotent creator of the universe does, if it's a characteristic of the one who made us in his image, what makes us, we, who are finite, finite, mortal, limited creatures who have to eat and sleep and a host of other things to survive, what makes us think that we can go without rest? We are not God. Sorry. Bad news. We are not God. We are not God. You are not God either. So what makes you think you can go and go and go and go if God doesn't either? No, we need rest. You need rest. And considering the health of the world's ecology, creation itself very clearly needs rest too. The animals, the land, the oceans, the air all need a breather. We just can't keep going on like this. We just can't keep going on like this. We need rest. We can't keep going on like this. But the good news is that we don't have to keep going on like this. I know it seems like it. The world slowed down for a bit during the pandemic, but now it's shifting back into hyperdrive Yet again, these bricks for Pharaoh won't make themselves. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way for us as God's people. It doesn't have to be that way on account of the promise that's folded into this commandment. Every commandment contains good news. Think about it. The Sabbath was first given to ancient farmers and shepherds, people who had to, more or less, spend every single day scratching out a living simply to survive. It took incredible faith for them to trust that if they paused their whole society for one day out of seven, that they wouldn't starve to death. 
but they believed that they weren't the only force in the universe that makes life possible. On account of the God they'd come to know in their journey from slavery to freedom, they'd come to know that the world wasn't being held up by their own sheer effort, like Atlas. They'd come to expect that life itself wouldn't spin out and crash and burn if they dropped their shovels for a day. They'd come to believe that their creator knew them, knew their needs, and had provided for them, including rest, and went so far as structuring rest right into the very fabric of reality, six days on, one day off. They could cease their endless striving because God gifted them with the Sabbath. If God could rest on the seventh day without the world falling apart, they could too. And it was worth remembering, worth celebrating in worship, worth keeping holy with thanksgiving and praise. They knew who God was, and they knew that they could rest. Now, what might this mean for us? Well, it means the same thing. It means the same thing. It means good news. With it, this commandment, with it, God says to us that our social lives won't crumble, our children's futures won't collapse. The world will not spin out of control if we cease all our striving for a single day. It means all those pressures on us to perform, the fear of missing out, and the constant dings, ding, ding, and notifications, the constant drive to do more and more and more, to hack our inefficiencies and optimize our potential. It means we can let it all go. We can let it all go, if only for a day. Because all of this is a self-generated delusion. It's a figment of all of our collective imaginations. What is truly real are these human bodies that have been created good and are in need of rest. And the truth that we've been given exactly what we need by the divine hand of grace. It means we can clear our calendars without the constant clamoring in our heads that demands that productivity be squeezed out of every moment. It means we can resist the magnetic pull of consumerism and sacrifice spending money that we don't actually have in favor of spending time with our family, our friends, And our children, it means we can turn off our phones, tune out the 24-hour news cycle, and turn to and tune into each other instead. And it means that we can pull ourselves up out of bed, put on some real pants, and get ourselves on down to church at least during normal circumstances. Not out of gloomy obligation, but in joyful anticipation and in grateful celebration of a life we could not earn and a love we do not deserve, one that is given to us anyway, regardless of the number of bricks we can or cannot produce in a day. And pass this same gift along to somebody else. I know it's deeply difficult in our cultural climate with all of the constant pressures on our time. 
It's the kind of thing that may take discipline, sacrifice, and struggle. It's a countercultural practice if there ever were one now. Most of the rest of the commandments are easy to keep in modern culture. But this one might take a little work, ironically. But the promise is that if we keep it, it'll be truly worth it in the end. And speaking of the end, I'm reminded of an ancient Jewish legend told by the great, late great rabbi and civil rights leader Abraham Joshua Heschel in his book on the Sabbath. At the time when God was giving the Torah, the law, to Israel, God said to them, My children, if you accept the Torah, the law, and observe my commandments, I will give you for all eternity a thing most precious that I have in my possession. And what, asked Israel, is that precious thing which thou wilt give us if we obey thy law? The world to come, God replied. Show us in this world an example of the world to come, Israel asked back. The Sabbath day, God said. The Sabbath is an example of the world to come. The Sabbath is an example of the world to come. If we practice the Sabbath, it'll be worth it because we'll know true freedom. The freedom to cease, to rest, to be still and know that we are in God's good keeping now and forever. Because it's a sign, a foretaste of the world to come, of the life with God that we're promised forever. So friends, May you remember this day. May you keep it holy. May you honor it in honor of the God who knows and provides for your every need, including your need to rest. And may this same restful, holy God have mercy on us and incline our hearts to keep this law. Amen. Come and find the quiet center. Come and find.